Blog Talk Radio. TKRS presents Pop Life. We're going to examine all facets of pop culture, music, TV, movies, so on and so forth, anything that affects you in the wonderful world of pop culture. Check us out right now on Facebook, facebook.com slash show, And uh, we're going to get right into it just to give you a little idea. My name is Ken Reedy. If you haven't listened to... Uh, the Ken Reedy Show, where we talk a lot of wrestling. Uh, I host that show, and I'm jumping on board tonight to host this new and exciting venture called Pop Life. And just to let you guys know that, that for me, this is just, I, I'm really excited to start off this show. Um, I love pop culture. I worship in the church of pop culture. Anything that can be remotely tied to pop culture, I am just right there. I am a pop culture junkie. I have never stopped believing, but don't you dare call me a believer. I am a child of the 1980s, which, by the way, is the greatest decade ever, bar none, and probably the greatest decade as far as pop culture goes. I have watched the ball go through Bill Buckner's leg a thousand times, and I will tell you, I have never gotten tired of it. I believe that Hulkamania should, in fact, be a religion, and in deep, dark, Secretive points of my life, I do sit there, I concentrate real hard and try to use the force to move objects, and I still hope and pray and believe that someday that will happen. Fact, Johnny Utah is the first cop that has ever been, and Magnum P.I. is probably the best. I love TV and all its incarnations. He has been there for me at all times. Whether it's going back to when I was growing up in a one apartment, watching Adam West have a dance and now with five channels on my black and white TV. We're coming today, we have 7,000 channels. I hate the guy who's on his cell phone. What are you talking about, Willis? We're talking about on this show. Pop life, we're going to get all aspects of pop culture. Very excited to get I got a guy I have from here to here. Been a while and a long time. I quote for the about recording a show, distributing audio cassette tapes so that we could get our show out there 
before all of the options, before all of the Internet, the YouTube, the blog talk radio. We have been trying to do this for a long time, and it's finally happening. I, myself, pop culture junkie as well. I learned to read the newspaper backward as soon as I learned to read, starting with the TV section, then sports, movies, and then all the other stuff that's going on in the world. Uh, I made mixtapes in the 80s. They all had a theme. They all came together. I used to have fights with my roommates in college about access to Entertainment Weekly magazine. I've been a multi-room TiVo user for going on 12 years now. And I'm currently able to take on four screens at once from five inches to five feet. want to do my my television, my internet, my IMDb, my YouTube, everything going on at once. I am a major film buff. I love a lot of directors, Quentin Tarantino, Hitchcock, Woody Allen, Kubrick, the Coens. There are actors I can't stand, and I'm sure those directors can't stand to work with them, but I'll try to stay positive here tonight. Star Wars over Star Trek. Absolutely. Original trilogy, of course. But I think episodes two and three don't get the credit they deserve. And I think that episode one was uh, it was a travesty that that lost the visual effects Oscar of the Matrix. Come on, bullet time? No, whatever. If I had to choose, Beatles over Elvis, Billy Joel over Elton John, Fish over the Grateful Dead, but put on some jazz, Motown, prog rock, country, whatever it is, I'm not going to complain, I'm going to listen, I'm going to be happy. I don't read as much as I think I should. As much as I'd like to. But love Kurt Vonnegut, Elmore Leonard, Dan Brown. Not the biggest comic book guy, but Superman over Batman, X-Men over the Avengers. Hey, Angry Birds and Words with Friends over Call of Duty and Grand Theft Auto. I can handle myself against my kids on Nintendo, but, you know, they usually get the best of me. And finally, I watch an insane amount of television. And I don't, I don't throw that term around lightly. I think it is, I could be called insane the amount of television I watch. The thing is, these days, it just never stops. The content is constant. You can get television all year round from so many sources. I don't know what you think about that, Ken. I mean, do you find it overwhelming? Do you enjoy it? What, what do you think about the way we can consume our television these days? It's, it's, it's pretty staggering, like, where TV has, has grown to over, like, you know, when, when you think back, like I said, a few channels, uh, we were kids, uh, Finally graduating to that uh, wood panel looking box thing when we got cable. We were so excited at that point. And now it's insane the, the amount of TV that's, that's going on. And, you know, we, we're, you know, we talked about conceptualizing the show. We had the idea. And, and it turned out that it, it just it, – the coincidence was great that we were talking that there's so much good TV on right now. And it's probably one of the best – eras of tv at least a fall season that i can remember in in quite some time like you're saying kind of overwhelming as far as what's out there it's amazing though the fall season comes into play and there's all this momentum and all of this this new show that new show all all this new tv and then it, it's almost like I, well, I'm, I'm curious like do you feel like some of the momentum is, it kind of comes to a screeching halt because for fox at least Fox has a bunch of new shows, as all networks do, and then they got to put shows on a, a short hiatus uh, because of playoff baseball and the World Series. Now, granted, it's still like it draws eyes to the network. The ratings were good this year. Now, you, you're saying here you're an insane TV viewer. 
was the World Series compelling TV, or did you find yourself kind of wishing your shows were back? No, absolutely, I watched the World Series. Um, and although it's it's frustrating sometimes, you're getting into the season and then you start missing your your Fox Sunday night animation domination. I want to watch my Bob's Burgers, my Simpsons. But, yeah, I watch the World Series. I mean, I'm a sports fan as well, and uh, I, I, I'm a diehard Mets fan. The Buckner moment, I was very uh, happy, smiling when you were talking about that. I enjoyed watching the World Series this year especially. I lived in Boston for a few years. Uh, Boston is a huge baseball town, and St. Louis also. I mean, I've heard them called the two best baseball cities in America. So this was a big World Series. And having lived in Boston, it was very big for them. I mean, Boston has had a great run in sports. I'm a sports fan. This is not a sports show per se, but this was actually a big deal. This was a big World Series. Uh, you know, the ratings were good, and it had importance to Boston, especially after everything that's happened there in the past year. Were you watching the series as well? I was. I, I found it to be engaging, dramatic TV. I myself as well, a Met fan. Um, not as bad as you, but I, I'm kind of a confirmed Yankee hater. <laughs> so it, it's kind of easy for me to jump on the Boston bandwagon. But in, in all fairness, I did find the Boston Red Sox to be a very likable team. Uh, they're kind of the, the team that if I was playing professional baseball, I, I feel like I would be like that. You know, the whole beard thing I found I found entertaining, so I did find it, aside from the sports aspect of things, I found it to be engaging TV. Uh, I agree with you, like both cities. Um, there wasn't as much as, I, I guess I was kind of rooting for Boston. I didn't feel like this World Series had a villain, per se, that there wasn't a, the real likable team and, the, and the, the hated team. I know Yankee fans you know, hated Boston and they, they loved St. Louis, but to, to a fan that really didn't have a rooting interest, in either team, I felt like I was just looking forward to a good World Series. I wouldn't have been mad if St. Louis wound up winning the World Series. Um, but I found engaging TV. Uh, the crazy, it was a game three with the, uh, the interference call and then uh, the, the game ending on, on the pickoff. Uh, you know, I, I found it to be, it, it was just good TV. It was, it was fun stuff, stuff you're, you're not used to seeing. Um, so I thought as far as, you know, kind of stopping the te television season, you know, it's, it, I guess if you're really into those shows, it, it, it's going to maybe be disappointing, but if, if you opened yourself up and enjoyed it, um, I, I thought it made for really compelling TV. But you're saying you lived in Boston with the Boston Marathon uh, tragedy that happened this year. You know, you're kind of in tune with the culture of the city. Um what do you think this meant to the, the people of Boston? First time since 1918 that they win the series in Boston. Right, at home. Um, plus, coupled with the, the, uh, the marathon tragedy, uh, you know, knowing what the culture of the city is like, I mean, how important was this to the city of Boston? It was very big for Boston. You know, I, I do know people that still live there, uh, people that I went to school with there. Look, they won you know, 10 years ago. They were the bunch of idiots. Is that what they call themselves? The, the, the gang of idiots, the morons, whatever they were. Cowboy up. <laughs> Cowboy up. These guys won after 86 years. It was a compelling story. They won again, and then you start saying, all right, well, enough Boston. But they've had a, an incredible run of sports success lately. The thing is, Boston still lives and dies by the Red Sox. This is their team. And the same way that after 9-11, we had that Mike Piazza home run, which you have talked to me about numerous times, 
as an iconic moment. Great, yeah. Greatest home run in the history of baseball. He's talking about And, and I, I can't disagree. It was incredible. And being Mets fans, we're happy that it came from you know, our team instead of the Yankees. Not, <laughs> not as much of a Yankee hater as this guy. But, hey, I'm rooting for the Red Sox when they're in it. I love pulling out that old, dirty Red Sox hat that I wore when I lived there and antagonizing all the Yankee fans around. And this was big for them. They won it at home. The, you know, even in the parade when they had people laying down their uh, that, that jersey at the end of the marathon run, it, it was a big deal. And it was it was terrific. It was compelling TV. What's always good is when sports can be TV that seems so good it could have been scripted. And this was, you know, what you had there. Because reality TV, I'm kind of over it. But scripted TV, good scripted TV, and I think that's where we are now in television, is, you know, of the real golden age of television. And this was terrific TV. But that being said, I'm glad that my, my TV shows are back. Especially, and there's one that I just caught up on, I took a marathon run of this over the weekend, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, one of my favorite new shows of the season. It's finally come back. I caught up over the weekend, and I'm really enjoying the show. Have you watched it? I have watched it, and I, I I agree with you. You know, coming out of you know the World Series being compelling TV, uh, I'm I'm glad to see these shows back. It's been, I mean, you use the word, it's been overwhelming, and and I I'm enjoying Brooklyn Nine Nine. I'm I'm caught up up until actually up until tonight's episode. Right. Um, but I I'm enjoying it. It's got kind of that um. You know, almost like seventies, eighties kind of cop drama feel. But it's a comedy. It, it, it kind of skates that line. What I enjoy about it is it's a comedy, but they do kind of, you know, Sandberg's not a bad cop. You know, he's, he's kind of a, you know, knucklehead kind of character. But he's a good cop. He's, a, he's a good he's cop, a cop, yes. And, and they show some police work, so it's not a complete, you know, it's not like a police squad. It's not a complete farce. They're obviously a, a, a bunch of, a very unique bunch of characters. Um I enjoyed, and I got to tell you, man, and he's been in a bunch of things. I love Terry Crews. I, I think Terry Crews is, I mean, he's becoming one of those guys that if he's in it, I, I'll check it out just because he's in it. He's, he was great in the Expendables movies. Everything this guy pops up in, I just find him very entertaining. I mean, he's enormous. He's jacked. He's ripped. But he doesn't take himself too seriously, which makes him just that much funnier. Um I think it's a really good show. I hope it finds an audience. I hope so, too. You know, Sandberg, like you said, is terrific. He is a goofball. You knew he would be, but he's a good cop. You've got the, the terrific new boss who is super serious, plays the role terrifically. Terry Crews is right in the middle because he's had some really funny scenes. But second in command, he's got to do his job. And he really plays that role great because a lot of the other roles in that show – you know, I think they're trying to figure out where these characters are. However, those three are pretty well defined, and Terry Crews, yeah, I'll watch anything that he's doing these days. And I think it's great, you know, culturally speaking, the fact that the, the captain is homosexual, and, you know, it's getting out of that stereotypical homosexual. I mean, he's, you know, you would never guess. If, if you just turned on the show, you'd never guess he, he happened to be gay, but, you know, it, it makes kind of a statement. At the same time, though, it doesn't cram it down your throat if that's right that might not be the best term to use but, <laughs> but i'm just uh, no, they, you know 
they, you know what I'm saying? I do. They've even they've addressed the fact that you know it's hard to tell. You can't read him, and they didn't know you know what his orientation was. People said it. Other people didn't believe it. Uh, I, I like your description of it. You know, uh, you know of course, not that there's anything wrong with that. But yeah, we you know we like to see it. And he's he's African American. He's homosexual. He's large and in charge. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the show is, is really good. Again, I'm just hoping it, it finds an audience. I, I, you know, it's amazing to me though when I look at this this fall schedule and and you know as I said earlier, the fact that there's so much on TV now and you know it's amazing to me and I don't know and I'm curious we'll, we'll get into like your procedure as far as watching TV because okay. I, I, I agree I I think I watch way too much TV but. I, I find it entertaining, and, and I, you know, sometimes you need those those moments where you just, you know, plop your ass on the couch and just say, all right, entertain me for the next hour. Um, you know, I, I generally when a fall season starts, here's here's my procedure for the past few years. The, you know, the, the trailers for TV shows, they, they look good, they look decent, and, and, you know, there are a lot of guys out there that are very clever at making good trailers, so, and that's their job, to make it look good, so... A lot of stuff looks good, and a lot of times you get crap off of a good trailer. Right, and we have to, as as TV watchers, I think that, you know, I have certainly honed my skill, and this goes for TV, movies, anything. You watch a trailer, it looks great, but you think to yourself, this has got to be the funniest stuff they have from the first few episodes. How does that make it look? Is, it, is the funniest stuff they've given me good enough to watch? Because everything else is going to be not quite as funny. But uh, yeah, I, you know, you'll, you see it. You decide what you're going to give a shot, and of course, these days with DVR, it's very easy to start picking out a dozen shows that you're going to try and see where it goes. Yeah, and that, and that's just it. And, and it's a good point, like getting to become that skilled. You know, the telltale sign when you see a trailer, movie, TV, whatever, is when you see like a, a second trailer, and it's almost all the same scenes, just edited in a different order or something, you're like... That's all they've got. Yeah, exactly. It's like, and you know, all right, that that's it. You know, maybe this is one to kind of cut off the list. But anyway, I, like you're saying, set the DVR, get, you know, I went from TiVo, I have the DVR now, set the DVR for however many shows that are piquing my interest, and the first couple weeks of the season, you know, wind up cutting a couple that just right. did, didn't make it. And that that's kind of been my procedure for a few years. And there are always a few shows that I, you know, wind up getting cut. Now, this season, when the new season started, I, I programmed in immediately Hello, Ladies, The Michael J. Fox Show, Blacklist, Goldbergs, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Crazy Ones, Masters of Sex, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. This is unbelievable. I'm looking at my list right now, and there are so many shows that overlap here. I don't think there's anything here that you didn't mention. Trophy Wife. I did have Trophy Wife that you didn't mention. And uh, We Are Men, which we won't even mention on this show. <laughs> but, yeah, you know what? My list mirrors yours almost exactly. And Ken and I do have very similar tastes. There are places where we diverge, but we have similar tastes. And, you know, that will come out, obviously. So how did it go for you with those shows? See, I, I've stuck with all of them. No, none of them have gotten cut. Now, I'll be honest with you, and we'll get into more specifics. Aside from Blacklist, and I think Blacklist is, is great, um, none of the shows have really you know, grab me by the cojones, so to speak. So I'm enjoying them. I can't say that any of those shows, I'm like, yes, they're awesome. You got to see them. Um, Blacklist is really good. I love James Spader. I love the premise of the show. And you and I, 
and we, we can get into it because we differ a little bit. Like, you know, you really liked Lost throughout the end. I kind of it Lost bothered me. What I like about Blacklist is Blacklist has this this tendency to uh, ask questions that they they keep open ended. They they give you certain clues throughout the run of each episode, but each episode has a, a clear ending. So you you do get a, a certain amount of closure. And it really and truly, if you just wanted to pop on and watch an episode of Blacklist, you probably could watch it and enjoy it. But there are subtleties that they stick in that they have kind of left open-ended. And I, I'm enjoying this because it, it made me think of Lost while I was watching the show, that there's, they're keeping a lot of things open, but they're giving me closure on other things. I've always joked that watching Lost to me was like being a meth addict, that you just you watch it, the, you know, you get it the first time, and you get this unbelievable high, and then every time you go back to it, you're hoping to get that same high, and you just don't get it. And that's, for me, that's what it was like watching Lost. So I was able to mirror that. I mean, it, it's come to a point where, like, if J.J. Abrams is tied to a TV show, that was the one show, um, what's it, the Fox show? The, uh, um, ah, I'm brain farting on the name of the show, the Headless Horseman show. Oh, right, uh, uh, the Headless Horseman show. <laughs> hey, it's time for the Headless Horseman show. Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow, thank you. I, as soon as I saw J.J. Abrams' name on it, I'm like, not watching it. Done, not watching it. And I've got a lot of J.J. Abrams in my, my TV viewing right now, and it's because of Lost, and even going back to Alias, which I watched start to finish. But I loved Lost. I think that a lot of the time I gave them the benefit of the doubt. I think that a lot of the time I made up answers for myself that they didn't give me, which <laughs> kept me going. Can you do that? I did it, and it worked. <laughs> and sometimes I was wrong, and sometimes I was right. And I, you know, for the most part, loved it. The thing that, you know, the blacklist really has reminded me of, and it's, it's the point you made where you can step in and watch an episode. This reminded me of My Name is Earl for one reason. They gave you at the beginning of every episode of the blacklist Here's the person we're going to catch this week. And my name is Earl. For those of you who watched that amazing Jason Lee sitcom, uh, it was the same thing. This is the person we're going to make up to this week. You know, I screwed you over, and this week we're going to take care of this guy. Well, the Blacklist is doing the same thing. The only thing with the Blacklist is the last few episodes we've gotten a little hint of Red kind of has a motive behind throwing this name out to the CIA. Is it the CIA? It's not the FBI. Is it NSA or CIA? I think it's, I think it's the CIA. I think it's the CIA. He throws them a name. It's one of those letters. It's things. A, a few letters. The uh, NCIS, CSI, <laughs> somebody. But it's the CIA. ESC. So he throws a name out there. And we saw a couple of times him saying, huh, this is going on with the, you know, the scorpion. Well, maybe we should throw the scorpion at the CIA this week. And then they go from there. And he certainly does help them, because in the beginning, I questioned it, you know, whether or not he was actually helping. It seemed like he got a lot of people killed and in trouble in the beginning. That wouldn't have happened if he had never shown up. Right. That's not happening as much, but he certainly has his motives, and I'm enjoying it. And you know what? He, he's just tremendous to watch. You know, the whole thing about him and the relationship to the young agent, Agent Keen, we're going to find out where that goes. Everyone thinks they know where it's going. I have this thinking that this... Strange feeling it's going to go somewhere else, but it does seem like we know this is going to be a father-daughter thing. It's not like any suit. I'm not, that's no spoiler right there. 
That, that's actually speculation. I mean, they haven't, you know, it they, seems like that's what they're hinting at. They're hinting at it, which is why I think that it's probably going to be something a little different, some kind of twist on that. But he's like, and, you know, I, I was a big fan of Boston Legal. Um, James Spader just has a, a knack for just, he, he's engaging. And he, you know, it's almost just, just bring on James Spader and let James Spader do his James Spader thing. And, you know, every time... You know who? I mean, honestly, who cares about just? I mean, the cast is good, right. but he just he brings the show to a different level. It's it's almost like he's got kind of a a Hannibal Lecter quality right, to him, right. but but not quite. Like it's reminiscent. Like I wouldn't be surprised if you interviewed James Spader and he said, "Well, I watched Silence of the Lambs and kind of got some inspiration, but brought my own take to it." Um, it's it's Hannibal Lecter meets Robert California from The Office. Nice. Good call. You know, he was doing it there a little bit, but it was comedy. Now he's in the drama, and, you know, he, as soon as he's on screen, you want to hear everything he has to say and how he says it. The attitude, just the, the, the silences when I watch him are terrific. terrific. I love this show. And, and not his silences, his, his facial expressions. Just right. how he, like, you know, looks at you. It's just everything about him. Right to, you know, that first scene when he, when he gives himself up. And he, and he comes in and he gives his name and drops down to his knees and puts his hands on the back of his head. And, and as he does it so matter-of-factly, so nonchalantly, like... It just his demeanor, his his line delivery, everything about James Spader right now. Um, to me, that's the one show right now that's they've knocked it out of the ballpark. The one new show that that I think has really kind of grabbed me. Now, one show that I'm really enjoying. Um, I know you've kind of you kind of gave up on it, but being a child of the '80s, and and admittedly. I, I I guess it, it, there's there's probably a little bit of a bias there for me. I know where you're going. But I, I am thoroughly enjoying the Goldbergs. Now, if you watch the Goldbergs, there are a lot of timeline inaccuracies that kind of I'm, – I'm willing to look past at this point. It, it does get under my skin. You know, they have like the, the age of the kids. The two older kids are in high school. The younger kid is junior high. Um, you know, one episode they're watching Alf, which was out, I, I believe, eighty-eight, eighty-nine. Um, but a recent episode, the father wanted to watch the Phillies World Series game, which had to be nineteen eighty or eighty-three. Right. That's not work. And then in that same episode, the the eldest son was singing "It's Tricky" in his car, which was out in like eighty-seven. So there's there's definitely like they're just piling stuff together that are. 80s stuff, but it's not necessarily uh, consistent with with the timeline of the 1980s. But they hit stuff that's genuinely 1980s. Uh, the youngest son, Adam, who this show is supposed to be from from his point of view. Uh, some of the outfits he wears. He, he actually one episode he's got a Hulkamania shirt on. Oh, I'm sure the, you're happy. The latest that. episode he had a Tron shirt on. <laughs> um, so his wardrobe has been has been great. Um, and and the fact is that this was drawn from his life. He recorded this on his little VHS camera and took all these videotapes and decide, and and proposed a show. Um, and every so often during the credits, they'll actually show you some real footage from the real Goldberg family. So, again, not saying they knocked it out of the ballpark, but I am enjoying the Goldbergs. Now, and I appreciate that, that fact that they, you know, show some of the actual footage. This is actually not the show I thought you were going to mention, but I'll get to that in a minute. Here's the thing with the Goldbergs. I watched it. 
I put on the first episode. I made it almost to the end where they showed that actual footage. Might have drawn me in a little more. There are two things that really turned me off here. Number one, the oldest son just flat out creeped me out a little bit. I don't know what to say. He was creepy. I didn't like it. And number two, Jeff Garland. I love the guy. I love uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. I think he's a funny guy. But everything he says is at a decibel level that just should not be permitted on TV. It reminds me of when you, you're watching a TV show and you're at volume 18 and all of a sudden the commercial comes on and you've got to turn it down to 11 because the commercial's so damn loud. Jeff Garland has got to go much lower than the show and I'm not quick enough with my thumb to turn the volume down every time he speaks. He does. He does yell often. <laughs> he does. I thought you were going with the crazy ones. And that's one where, and, and talk about a bias, you are a big Robin Williams fan. I was a big Robin Williams fan. I'm over Robin Williams. I just, I've seen enough of the same guy. I, I've seen him do the same on, on talk shows and in movies, and I'm just, I'm over it. And the thing is, a lot of the shows that you're still watching, I cut out, like I said, the Goldbergs lasted for me until almost the end of an episode. I tried Trophy Wife. That lasted a full episode. I really didn't laugh. Uh, the Michael J. Fox show, one and a half episodes. Hello, Ladies. I liked one episode, but it was just more Ricky Gervais. Um, crazy Ones, two minutes. I, I went two minutes. Robin Williams. Come on. Started, he started doing his Robin Williams shtick, and I said, oh, it's going to just be more of this, and that was it. And the funny thing is that I was left with a lot of the dramas. I have, I mean, if I gave you a list of the, the sitcoms, the sketch comedies, and some of the other dramas that I watch, you, you kept a lot of new shows this season. I kept four out of the dozen or so that I, I tried to watch, but I'm adding to you know, an easy few dozen that I already have in my repertoire. So I'm still watching The Blacklist, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Masters of Sex, and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And, uh, I'm enjoying them all, although Masters of Sex, I'm kind of waiting for uh, maybe more of their results or getting more into the experiments. I'm not watching it just for the, the nudity, which is not gratuitous. <laughs> and yeah. It's you know enjoyable, but I'm enjoying it. I like the science experiment part of it, and I want them to go more there. Um, you know, We talked about Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I- I'm enjoying that. Um, you're still watching Michael J. Fox show? I am still watching that. And... What do you think? Because I watched an episode and a half or so, and I like him. I just wasn't finding that very funny either. I, I you know, it's funny. It, I find it enjoyable. The la- the funny thing is, the last episode was the, probably the first episode. I should say I have like a few stockpiled on the DV, on the DVR. So a couple of weeks ago, whatever episode that was, um, was the first one I really laughed out loud a couple times. So it's, um, you know, maybe they're hitting their stride. Uh, it's a show. You know, it's it's funny because certain sitcoms I watch because you know they're going to make me laugh out loud, and then there's certain sitcoms that I watch because uh, I, I'm I'm enjoying it. I, I can kind of smile the whole episode, and uh, I like seeing Michael J. Fox back on TV. I'm not going to lie, there there is a little bias there seeing him back and uh, kind of rooting for him. But love the guy, love the guy. I love the guest spots that he's done on shows, including Kirby Enthusiasm. I know he's done some on dramas as well. But, yeah, I like seeing it back on TV. I just it wasn't working for me. Yes, yeah, I'm enjoying it, but I'm, I'm willing to give it a chance. And, again, though, but fully admitting that the, the only show that's really grabbed me is Blacklist. So, 
you know, these shows may wind up, uh, you know, not making the cut, so to speak, uh, as time goes on. Um, but like you're saying, you know, the interesting thing is that I watch regularly, which came back. I mean, everyone knows I watch the wrestling. So that takes up a, a, more than a few hours over the course of the week. Um, to me, best show on TV, Sons of Anarchy. That I follow. The League, Eastbound and Down, Modern Family, and Revolution. So adding those shows to the, the new shows was just pretty incredible as far as the amount of hours of TV that have been compiled that I have to catch up on. And I wind up, I don't know, you just said you do it, but you do the binge watching. Where if you happen to have like a free Saturday afternoon or you can't sleep one night, you bang out like three or four episodes of one show just to try and catch up. Right. Now, I generally, there's a handful of shows that we save up and binge watch. And then there's a lot of shows that we watch every week. And they're, they're shows that I watch with my wife. They're the shows that I watch on my own. She has her own stuff that I'm not going anywhere near. But the stuff that you know I watch, that happened to be one. Brooklyn Nine-Nine was saved up. Modern Family, I enjoy it. Haven't watched an episode yet this year. They're just sitting there on the DVR, sitting there on three different DVRs. But that's another story. I have problems there, too. Um, but I'm saving them up. But the ones that I continue to watch, now you mentioned the shows that came back and you love, and one of them is the same thing for me, uh, Eastbound and Down. I'm going to throw a couple of names out here at you now because I'm watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and aside from the people we mentioned, Joe LaTrulio is on that show. It's been pretty funny. He's the guy that's always kissing up to Andy Samberg. Then we've got Eastbound and Down. There's a new guy on that show, a new character played by Ken Marino. I'm also watching At Midnight, which is the show that's on. It's about a couple of weeks old now. It's on after the Daily Show and the Colbert Report. And it's basically a quiz show with comics, but without all the, the ridiculous shtick, the, the silliness. It's just comedians being funny for a half hour in the format of a game show. Happens to be produced by Thomas Lennon. And number four... Uh, we, you got that other game show on TBS, I believe it is. Uh, Trust me, I'm a game show host with Mike Lee and Black. So, four names. What does that mean to you, Ken? That means that the show that revolutionized TV that nobody knows about, The State. The State MTV sketch comedy show from the 90s. And I love seeing these guys still doing what they do because they're always good when they do it. And uh, The State's presence is still strong on TV. I just had to throw that out there because they, they're doing so well. It's pretty impressive. I mean, you bring up the state, and those guys pop up in so many different places. And, you know, you guys are out there listening to us, and, you know, you're probably thinking, because I can't tell you how many people I'm like, oh, do you remember the state? And they're like, what are you talking about? And it, it was a great sketch comedy show. It had a, a decent little run. Their sketches were, I mean, I found them hilarious. I, you know, I always thought that what the state kind of did really well that that SNL kind of missed the boat on a lot was that they they nipped their sketches quickly they had a, it was an hour long show so they no this is a half hour it was a half hour it was a half hour so the the sketches went quick and sometimes um, so quickly that they ended and you didn't realize that they that didn't it ended, yeah. wait wait they just stopped they, <laughs> yeah, exactly. that wasn't even done yet they stopped but they stopped it in a funny way yeah, so I, I, honestly, if you guys out there listening and you've never heard of the state, have never seen an episode, go find the DVDs, watch the season of the state, and then you'll watch the state and realize that you recognize probably everybody on the show. 
Because they've just they've infiltrated Hollywood over the past two decades. Absolutely, and especially if you watch Comedy Central, like ever, you you know. But yeah, the, the guys in the state and the ones you don't recognize, you don't realize, are making the movies behind the scenes. It, it was a terrific show, and you know we both appreciated it. Uh, got together every Sunday night to watch it for a couple of years. Yeah, it was it was a great time. It was a great show, really funny show. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. You're listening to it right now. It's a new venture by Ken Reedy's show, TKRS Presents Pop Life. We're exploring everything in the world of pop culture. We're really hitting on the new television season right now. And we got Dank, who's on the phone. He's been waiting patiently. Dank, what do you got for us tonight? How are you gentlemen doing? It's about time that there's a show about movies and media and music and everything that, other than wrestling, that I'm into. So when you announced it today on Facebook, I was all over that one. Oh. Like, this was born out like Todd and I like have these conversations often. We're like, we we should just do this on the air. People would like to talk about this. Absolutely. Why aren't we recording this? Exactly. It's like one of those things that you're at a bar and you write down a paper napkin and then you lose the paper napkin and years later you find it and you're like, we should still do this. And if it still counts years later, it's still a good idea. Oh, no, I was listening to you guys talking about all these new shows, and it's kind of funny because um, most of the shows that you guys brought up are shows that I actually enjoy, enjoy watching as well. Um, Revolution I've been watching since day one. The Blacklist had me hooked since the first episode. Um, the only one that I'm kind of on the fence about would be, sorry, Ken, the Goldbergs. Um, it seems like they're trying to do an 80s version of that 70s show. And I know that a few years back, they actually tried doing calling it the 80s show, and it just tanked. And it's like they almost just went back to the drawing board and said, okay, it doesn't work this way. Let's try a different approach on it. But I don't know. Like That's one of those shows that if I happen to catch it, I catch it. If not... I don't know. To me, it just seems like it's a little too forced to surround the 80s. But, like I said, that's one man's opinion. Um, there's just some shows that, even before the first episode comes out, I just look forward to seeing. Revolution was one of them. Um, the, Black, the Blacklist was another. Um... The Crazy Ones was also one, but that's because I've been a long-time Robin Williams fan. And the fact that I don't see it as a sitcom. I see it as a half-hour special featuring Robin Williams every week. And to me, as a Robin Williams fan, I'm happy with that. He could just stand in front of a microphone for a half-hour and do a skit every week, and I'd be more than happy. So I'm, I myself am biased on that. Um, I'm a, you know, and that's... that's that is a good way of looking at uh, the, the the crazy ones, and and I'm enjoying it. And you you know you have to love Robin Williams, but uh, the one thing I, about the crazy ones that I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to that show being an hour long because I feel you could develop things a little more, and then maybe people who are kind of over the Robin Williams thing maybe can spread it out a little bit more over the course of, of uh, the hour. But I'm really enjoying that show thus far. I think they got a good cast and. Uh, yeah, they've been some funny episodes, but I'm curious, Dan, because we're in season two right now of Revolution, and and I gotta ask you, you being a fan, 
Revolution is kind of skating towards the cut list right now. I'm I'm enjoying it, but I'm kind of curious where it's going, and I don't know. It's not grabbing me as much, and with all the TV, with all the good TV on, I'm wondering like if people who are as passionate about season one are feeling the same way about season two. Well, they're certainly in a different place. I mean, this season is completely different than where they were in the first season, and. That reminds me of, unfortunately, is Heroes, because they resolved something, and something else happened, and now they're all over the place. And uh, so I'm curious, too, Dank, are you enjoying uh, Revolution as much as you did last season? Um, I actually really like this guy, because um, the, 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 the comparison you made was actually the comparison I was about to make, where it seems like season one was great. You were trying to figure out what happened with the lights, how to turn them back on, all this and all that, I feel like they rushed to it too soon. They could have pushed it back even maybe half a season more, like in the middle of season two, have the lights come back on and have like that whole nuke area going. It seemed like they were, okay, now the light issue has been solved. We know what happened. And now let's find another reason for why the lights go out and have a whole new storyline come up and see how we can – Am I as hooked as I was season one? No. Like, I still DVR it every week because I am still a fan of it. But it seems like now they're, like, almost fishing. You know, now now it looks like that um, they're going to be going for Aaron and doing a storyline around Aaron while we're still trying to figure out why the mother is wanted. It seems like they were like, okay, we established the characters, we did the whole light thing, now we're going to try and make different independent storylines for every single character. And it's like, I don't know, it's like, it doesn't mesh as well as it did in season one. And I'm hoping that they do a little bit of a turnaround and start incorporating the stories again, one, you know, one with the other. Because otherwise, I think they're going to lose a big fan base and they're going to go down the side the way that Heroes did where... Excellent season one, got rushed, and then they lost the fan base and ended up getting canceled. I don't know if you're caught up, because they have started to mesh a little bit. They've got, they brought it back together, and I agree with you. Whatever's going on with Aaron really doesn't fit with the rest of the show, I think. But everyone else, yeah. having Monroe brought in and you know, having to help out there, I'm enjoying what's going on. I like what's going on. Obviously, you know, we have some questions. I think that uh, the reason that the mother is wanted is the same reason Monroe is wanted. Anyone who was there and had an idea that this group that's calling themselves Patriots was behind the whole, you know, hey, the lights came on, oh, lights are off. It was like a clapper, you know. <laughs> clap on, clap <laughs> off. What, where, where'd the lights go? <laughs> so, um, question, what's, like, your take on, and that's because, once again, I'm a fan, please don't judge me, on The Walking Dead? Oh, what, what's our take on The Walking Dead? Yeah, like, what do you guys think? Like, I don't know if you guys watch it or not. Like, I, I can watch shows, and if I miss them, I'll DVR them. I don't care. But other than, obviously, Monday Night Raw and Doctor Who, Walking Dead is the other one that I have to watch when it's on TV. I cannot DVR it. Uh, Walking Dead is incredible. I, I, I think it's, just, it's a great show. Um 
You know, I, I actually, and I can't believe, like, when I was listing the, the shows I'm watching already, like, I forgot to put that down. Um, I, I think that show, I mean, I, I, I do give the slight nod to uh, Sons of Anarchy as far as best show on TV, but, but Walking Dead is right there. Um, and and I, I love, you know, it's just so, if you can use this term in, in, a, in a zombie apocalypse context, it, it's so realistically done. It, I mean, the this, this show is really about people and, and how people and, and humans would, would interact in the most dire of circumstances. And I, I think the show's great. I, I really do. I, I, you know, certain episodes obviously are better than others. Um, episode two this season was absolutely off the chart, crazy, just you know, I mean, you usually see on the show, you know, zombies, they attack someone, and sometimes they swarm, and you just kind of, the, the camera pulls back. Uh, sometimes you see someone get a bite. It's rare you get to see, like, a, a zombie get, like, a, a smorgasbord, that he just has a buffet table right in front of him. And, you know, in episode two, zombie walks into a jail cell where a guy is sleeping. And he's just like, oh, look. Big meal right here. Just gonna start chowing on your guts, and they just, and they they're showing him just like tearing into it. Just the show is just it, it keeps you on the edge of your seat. It, it it makes you squeamish at times, but you're engaged in the characters. Uh, I, I I don't have enough good things to say about that show. And for like like we're talking about revolution and how maybe they've lost their way a little bit. Um, it's funny, like, I feel like Walking Dead could just go on forever, because it's just, it's, it's just that good. How have you found this, this season, Bank? Um, I've liked it. Um, I honestly did not know where they were going to go with it, with the ending of the last season, where they brought in all these new people, and they were still at the jail, and I thought it was going to happen like they did, I think it was season two, when they were on the farm, and they seemed to stay on the farm for, like, ever, and it just seemed to drag on. But you have, like, they managed to find that perfect equilibrium of have those scenes where you get people just talking and developing their own character, and right when you're about to be like, is this scene almost over, like, let's move on, boom, zombies come in. Here comes the action. Here comes Daryl. Here comes Michonne. I I really, really like it, and that's one of the reasons why I cannot sit and do something else on a Sunday night other than sit and watch Walking Dead for that one hour. Like, it it has me wrapped up so much, and it's like, oh, it's almost like Saturday morning cartoons when we were kids where you were like, oh, I can't wait to, like, see DuckTales. I can't wait to see what happens on Tailspin. That's Walking Dead for me. It's like, I cannot wait till next week. Yeah, it, it's just it's a phenomenal show, and you know what? It's one of those shows that, and I do think like TV shows have to do this with their audience, where they, they've garnered a trust with me. Where even if an episode doesn't resonate with me, I, I'm willing to say, you know what? I'm going to wait and see where they're going because the writing has been so good. And and you brought up a good point. You know, when they were on that farm forever, and I, that was like for me, the show was teetering a little bit, and I, I was getting a little stressed and, and, and antsy. We're like, what, what are you doing? Like, let, let's, let's go somewhere with this. And, you know, when you go, go to the scene when Carol's daughter comes out of the barn and, and she's... Oh, my in, God. Um, everything leading up... Everything that I felt was tedious during that season leading up to that moment 
was worth it instantaneously as soon as you saw her come out of the barn. So from that point on, I'm like, you know what? If something's not working for me, I'm, I'm going to like believe in the writers of the show. Uh, I'm going to believe that they, they know what's best and the payoff is going to be okay. So, I, I, I again, not enough positive things. I, I think even the casting director of that show needs to be commended. They got great people uh, playing all the parts. It's just it's it's a really good show. And, and you're right. That's a show that, you know, cell phone goes off. Uh, you know, we're not answering anything. We're, we're sitting down on Sunday night and we're watching Walking Dead. And you know what? If something comes up on Sunday, it's really the first show. Even if we have other shows we haven't watched all week, Monday night, if we're going to catch up on a show, we're watching The Walking Dead. So, um, yeah, it's a really good show. Thank, thanks for supporting our new venture. Thanks for giving us a call. We're probably going to wind up doing the show like once a month at least to start. But uh, glad you jumped on board with us. Hey, no problem. Thank you for having this show for entertainment fans like myself. So, I'll be here again next month, and I'll talk to you on Monday. Take it easy. Thanks a lot, man. No problem. So one of the best things, I think, you know, going right now in entertainment, and we're talking about the TV season, and, you know, it's interesting because the show hasn't grabbed me yet, and I'm talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I'm enjoying it. I'm liking it. It hasn't grabbed me by the cojones, but I'm enjoying it so far. But you know what? This week we have Thor coming out. Um Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I grew up a D.C. guy, and I know you said in your monologue, and you know what, we differ, we get along really well, but man, Batman over Superman, any day of the week, but that being said, I'm a D.C. guy. As am I. And, but, you know, and I, and I will say this, I think the Batman, the recent Batman trilogy is probably the greatest superhero trilogy of all time, but I digress. What Marvel has been able to do over the past few years in entertainment is nothing short of brilliant. And when you're getting reports now that at the end of November there's going to be an episode of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that's going to take place directly after Thor, you're tying, like, all these movies have hidden scenes that led us to the Avengers. We're coming out of the Avengers. More movies are coming out. You have X-Men Days of Future Past coming out where they're going to tie in the original X-Men cast and the new cast. You have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. now on TV that's going to be tied into Thor coming out. It's really nothing short of incredible what the Marvel Universe has been able to do. You know, I'm just really psyched to see how this all unfolds over the next few months. I agree with you, and I I love the way that they reference in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. the Battle of New York. That they opened one show, it might have been the first show, where there was a kid looking at some, uh, some toys in a store window about these superheroes. You know, this is real stuff that happened in, in the show's uh, mythology. The, the Battle of New York happened. Now we've got this team that's going on and trying to deal with stuff. And, uh... <laughs> all right, I'm, I'm, I'm new to this. I'm not I'm trying to figure out Ken's uh, motions here. Something looked bad, but I guess it's all okay. Uh, anyway, I'm enjoying uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And actually, it was because of everything that they've done before. It was because of uh, every, the Iron Man movies, the uh, Captain America, all, you know, everything leading up to the Avengers, that this was the show I was most looking forward to uh, for the fall season. And it has not disappointed me one bit. Really enjoying it. Um, looking forward to what they're going to do. And like you said, everything else they've done, don't forget the Spider-Man movies. Don't forget that there's now going to be a new Fantastic Four movie 
as they oh, oh, thank God. Thank God. They need, <laughs> to, they need to forget they right. ever did those Fantastic Four movies. Reboot the Fantastic Four, and some of the new superheroes they're going to bring into the new Avengers. It's looking tremendous. And on the other hand, I'm looking at what DC is coming up with in the near future, and it's, it's not looking good. Um, you know, there's this very risky, I mean, potentially great, but potentially disastrous Superman-Batman thing going on. And I'm very concerned about that. And other than that, it's the Lego movie. And that's it. <laughs> that's what's coming out with DC. Now, they're doing a lot of stuff on TV. They've got Arrow, and apparently there's going to be a Flash TV show that's going to bounce off of Arrow. And they've got this show about Commissioner Gordon called Gotham that they've got in the works. But DC in the movies, and, and it's also the way that, like you said, Marvel is pulling it all together, and really everything is playing off each other. So I was really looking forward to that, and uh, the show has not disappointed me one bit. Yeah, I mean, the thing, that, I guess, that Marvel decided to do that DC kind of missed the boat on is Marvel decided we're going to go out there and we're going to create our universe, whereas DC will make a Superman movie, will make a Batman movie, but never, you know, even like with, with Man of Steel, and, and I thought Man of Steel was great. And, and you know what? I, I'm a Superman 2 guy, love Superman 2. You go back. But you know what? If you're really going to be honest with yourself and really look at the movie for what the movie is, and there might, this might be sacrilege, Man of Steel is the best Superman movie ever made. Well, the old Superman movies were campy. The new ones, and you know what? There were problems with the one that came out in you know, 2005 or so, but... But, Superman Returns, that, that, was, that was terrible. There were problems with it, but it was certainly not campy. Just like Batman went from the series you referenced to what we thought was outstanding and dramatic, the Jack Nicholson Joker and all of that, but when you compare that to the Dark Knight trilogy, it doesn't hold a candle. So we're getting more serious with our superheroes if that's not you know, some kind of an oxymoron. Yeah, well, they, they decided to make you know, quality movies that happened to be about a superhero as opposed to making superhero movies right? and getting good actors. Um, I was hoping when I saw Man of Steel that anything, anything, just, just sitting in the newsroom, oh, there's a disturbance in Gotham City, some, some nut running around doing something. Just, just one line, just to help create the DC universe. And DC... Has, has been very separate with their movies, whereas Marvel, and whoever, you know, whatever group of people or one person, whoever it was, that sat in a room and said, you know, we're going to, we're really going to just create the universe. I mean, that guy needs, I, I mean, I'm sure he's making good money. I mean, he's worth every penny that they're paying him because, you know, the hidden scenes were tremendous, you know, to, to make sure, you know, just the buzz for all the movies, you know, stay through the credits. You got to stay through the credits. Right, right. You know, and now even just the little things like Thor, honestly, does nothing for me. The hero in and of himself, he does nothing for me. I liked the first movie. Second movie looks great, and I'm more inclined to go and see it because it's going to be tied into S.H.I.E.L.D. in some way. It's funny because to me, out of all the superheroes that, you know, that Marvel's thrown at us, Thor just doesn't. I mean, he's a god from another universe, and yet that was the center of the Avengers, and it worked. It worked. But the funny thing is, you know, they, they have done this thing where they, they got their Avengers universe. And some people have asked things like, well, is Spider-Man going to show up? Or what about an X-Men crossover? 
And it's not creative. It's actually an issue with what studios own the rights to what superheroes. That you have the Avengers that can all come together because they're all under whichever studio it is that's putting these out, under the, you know, Marvel is making the movies, but they can't have Spider-Man come in. And as I understand it, X-Men and the new Fantastic Four will take place in the same universe. But that is also not a creative decision necessarily. It's only because they can potentially reference each other where you can't always get that. That being said, the fact that you've got all these heroes and the new ones they're going to introduce in the new Avengers all coming together and the tie-in with this TV show. Yeah, it's incredible synergy, and uh, it makes me want to go see a movie. The movie's probably going to make me want to watch the show even more. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. And, you know, as much as we're saying that the DC Universe, you know, maybe has dropped the ball as far as creating the universe feel, I mean, the past decade or so, Really, this is this is a golden age. I mean, if you're if you're a comic book fan, and I get it, like they're two different mediums, and you'll get those comic book fans that are just I can't believe they changed that. They can't change that. That's not true to the character. But some things don't work on the big screen, and you, and you have to change it. For the most part, there have been a, a lot of quality comic book movies coming out over the past decade. And for me, Hellboy. Hellboy was terrific. Hellboy is awesome. Watchmen. Watchmen was great. Uh, you know, you, you've got some of those, you know, more indie comic book movies coming out. You know, and you had some that didn't do so well, and unfortunately, most of those are DC, Green Lantern, and Superman Returns. But yeah, I agree, and I am a sucker for superheroes. I'm a sucker for superheroes that are not really superheroes. I enjoyed Heroes and No Ordinary Family on TV, uh, and I, I'm even uh, The Incredibles, which was a terrific movie. That was a good movie. So, yeah, I'm a sucker for all the superhero stuff, and I'm not going to go back and look at the comics and say, you didn't do this right. I'm going to enjoy what I'm watching. And it's cool because, like, like I said, you know, Mar- like we're talking about Thor, and, and not normally a, a hero. I, I think Marvel's done a real good job at looking at Thor as, as perhaps, you know, one of the heroes that maybe doesn't resonate with people and, and making him more of a focal point in the whole storyline which gets you more into Thor. I think they've done a brilliant job at marketing Thor because he did like I'm into Iron Man. I mean and as much as like they, they kinda crapped the bed on the first one, I'm into the Incredible Hulk. I, I dig the Incredible Hulk. That that just I, I get pissed and get green and muscular. Like that's that's just that's good stuff. Thor does nothing for me, but they've done a good job at marketing Thor where, where I'm kind of into it now. And they even made the reference, which I, I completely loved. I, I had to rewind it and watch it again when I was watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and they had to go investigate something that was found in South America in a cave. The, uh, the new girl said, well, you know, what was the last time this happened? What did you find? And they said, a hammer. And that was a tremendous line, obviously a reference to the Avengers movie, and uh, I loved it. It's good stuff. Man, you know, this is a good time, and we might have to look to extend this thing, but we... Uh, we got one minute left. Uh, Pop Life. We're going to continue to expand this show and uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, <laughs> thank you, you for the call. Thanks so much. Uh, it was great. What'd you think? You know, Todd, you're jumping on board. What'd you think your first foray into internet radio? I had a tremendous time. I wish we had another hour now, but I think you're right. We're going to have to expand this going forward. Uh, I had a great time. I enjoy the conversations we have out at the bar. We're doing it now in the studio. And I'm sure that when we go off the air, this conversation isn't going to end. 
Agreed. Thank you guys so much. You know, you guys out there are listening. Thank you so much. And you know what? We are on Facebook. TKRS presents Pop Life. Check us out on Facebook. Uh, like us. Do you have any suggestions? You got stuff in the pop culture realm that uh, you'd like to hear us uh, hit? By all means, give us some suggestions. But as of right now, we're going to be hitting this show about once a month. But who knows where this is going to go? It's all it's all fluid right now. All for tuning in tonight again. Ken Reedy show will be back on Monday night, giving you your raw pregame for Todd. I'm Ken. Thank you so much. Good night, everybody.